Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Anyway, uh, time to look uh, beyond our borders. Jonathan de Burke Bartlett joins us once again for some news from other parts of the planet. Jonathan, good afternoon. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, Slovakia we're going to go to first. And uh, two dead... Uh, two shot, two people shot dead outside an LGBT bar. Yeah, two people shot dead and a third was wounded on Wednesday evening near a bar in the capital Bratislava called the Teplaren Bar, which is known for being an LB, LGBT uh, venue in the capital and it's fairly close to the city centre. Now, as I said, it happened on the Wednesday. It happened in the early evening around about seven o'clock. And by the Thursday, the case was more or less closed in that the perpetrator, the gunman, had been found dead on Thursday morning. Um, This is what police said. Now, they didn't give many details around his motives for it, but it became very obvious when the media got their hands on it and they discovered that he had expressed homophobic and anti-Semitic views in the past. Um, They also pointed out that his father was a candidate in elections uh, for a right-wing party within the country as well. So Mm. they certainly painted him in this particular light and the evidence would seem to suggest that they were were right. Um, So it's been widely condemned. Both the Prime Minister and the President came out against it, as you can imagine. It's caused... Real concern amongst the community, the LGBT uh, community in um, Slovakia and right across society. Um, yeah, so sad story, I'm afraid. Yeah, what's the status of LGBT people in uh, in Slovakia? It is an EU country. It is an EU yeah. country, yeah. So uh, they don't have civil union. They don't have gay marriage. Uh, they have what they called unregistered cohabitation, right? And so what that means is... Uh, that if you are living with a significant other and something should happen to this significant other, they take your pain and suffering, both emotional and I think more significantly, possibly more significantly financial suffering into consideration so that if your husband dies or your partner dies and you're not bringing in any money, there might be some benefit to you in terms of income coming from him, even though... They're not recognised as married or even in a civil union. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do, do they rec- Is it known? Do you, do you know if they recognise same-sex marriages in other countries? They do because they have to. Ah, uh, yeah. The European Union brought. There was a case brought in 2018, which meant that if you were an EU citizen and you were married. Uh, let's say you were married in Ireland to an American or someone, mm. and you went to went to Slovakia and you moved there, they would have to recognise legally your status as being married and you could live there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does yeah. make sense. Again, it, but it doesn't make sense. contradictions, yes. <laughs> uh, right, Jamaica, we're going to go to next. I suppose a country we haven't visited that often. And they've banned music and, and television that glorifies crime. That's a fairly broad ban. It is, yeah. And it's something that a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with, as you can imagine. They have... As you said, the authorities have banned content that glorifies illegal activity. And it's quite broad, to be honest with you. Scamming, drug abuse and the illegal use of firearms cannot be promoted. And swearing or near sounding replacements are also going to be banned. So they've brought this in because they do have a massive problem with crime and specifically with murder in Jamaica. Like there's 
crazy statistics around it. Um, there was one that I found that when it gained independence in 1962, the murder rate was 3.9 per 100,000. And it's now gone up to something like 58 or 60 per 100,000. Wow, that it is, is extraordinary. Cons- yeah, it is consistently in the top 10, if not the top five uh, amongst murder rates in the world. I mean, compared to us, it's like we're just around two, I think, per yeah. 100,000. And if we get to 80 in, yeah. in a year here, that's catastrophic. Yeah. Last year alone, they had 1,674 murders, I think, uh, there thereabouts. So uh, huge figures. Yeah, but... Yeah. Ban it... The- <laughs> This isn't going to change that situation. Uh, sorry to keep the, have a laugh in my voice, but it seems a very tokenistic gesture. It is. Um, the authorities are saying that they feel that this offending content, as they're calling it, normalises criminality amongst young people, right? And, it, you know, it, 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 it's bad for vulnerable and impressionable youths who will listen to a song and then go out and start shooting people. Mm. But as various different artists have pointed out within Jamaica, they're saying that kids in other countries listen to this kind of music as well and they don't do the same. And they are saying that not only does it, you know, clamp down on freedom of expression, but it's not going to change anything. They also point out the fact that kids don't watch TV or listen to... Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say they don't listen to radio anymore, but, you but know... Then, but generally, they wouldn't. They, they, yeah. They'll stream things if they want to hear a song. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They will find ways around it, as they always have done. So I, I don't know if it's going to have a major effect uh, other than making them look as if they're doing something. I assume is cannabis is illegal in Jamaica, is it? I think it is. Yeah, so that basically they, they, they've just banned every single reggae uh, um, song yeah. that's ever been produced in that country. It, I think it's... A, I, I'm open to correction of this. I think it's illegal apart from a certain religious sect in Jamaica. For, ra- it's a, a, for Rastafarians, for yeah. Oh, I, I right, think okay. it might be, but yeah. I, I'm open to correction Can't of this. Can't we see, again, interesting, if, if somebody might challenge this law with a yeah. court case saying freedom, you know, religious freedom, Absolutely, yeah, that's a great point, yeah. Mm. Right, Kenya, we're going to go to uh, now, they ha- uh, we're going to go to next, they had banned uh, GM food, but they've reversed that decision. Yeah, the ban was in place from 2012, right? And it prohibited the open cultivation of GM crops and importation of food crops and animal feeds that had been produced using that technology, okay? Mm. But in recent years, they have had been having terrible problems with rain in that they haven't been haven't had any. The, the, the rains have f- failed basically over the last four seasons and as a consequence Kenya and countries around it are suffering, right? So there are food shortages in Kenya, something that we haven't heard about for quite a long time uh, in that specific country. Relative to other countries around it, it's it's quite wealthy, so it's, mm. it's able to look after itself. But it's having difficulty now at the moment and millions of people are having to move to bigger cities to get food and water. So the new president, William Ruto, has decided that he's going to reverse this ban and he's going to allow GM crops and food to be imported and to be produced within the country. And I know there's a lot of controversy around it and that kind of thing, but really he is in a corner at the moment. Mm. There's not much he can do. uh, And so it's... It kind of makes sense, I have to say, in yes. this regard. Yeah, okay, I see, I, see, I see what you're saying. All right. Uh, it, is it still, though, is it a controversial decision within Kenya? I don't know if it's controversial within Kenya, because, I mean, this is a president who the other day was at a flag-waving ceremony where he saw off food aid 
going out into the different parts of the country. So they really are in dire straits. Yeah. So it's not it's it's not something that they have much of a choice on, to be honest with you. Their fruit production is way down. They don't have the water. Uh, and and they need um, they need to to get access to food. Right. Okay. Finland. We're going to go to now. You don't hear the UN rebuke Finland very no, often. Very often. Uh, what uh, um, what have they done, or what does the UN feel they've done? So this is specifically around um, things that are going on in Syria. Right. So during this whole war, which is still ongoing in Syria, you'll remember that when ISIS were kind of doing very well in that part of the world, there was a lot of people from European countries who were going down there, the UK and France mainly. Uh, But Finland sent people down as well, or sorry, they didn't send people down, I should say. People from Finland went down to fight and to join Islamic State. Okay. An awful lot of Islamic State territory has been taken over and they've been put into prison camps, right, both by Kurdish forces and the Western-backed Syrian Democratic forces. And there's one specific place called Al-Hal, which is in northeast Syria. There's about 56 6,000 prisoners there and 10,000 of those are women and children. Okay? Now, the... uh, Amongst the children are approximately 30 to 40 Finnish children who... Some of them might have been born there or some who were born in Syria but do have access through their parents to Finnish citizenship. Yeah. And the UN, specifically the UN Child Rights Committee, is saying that these kids should not be in this Al-Hal prison camp where the conditions are awful and they're basically amongst, you know, war criminals, more or less. They should be repatriated back to Finland. And they're saying that the Finnish government aren't doing enough to get them back home. Where right. they should be. Yes. That's okay. the long and the short of it. Uh, and, the, uh, and the parents of these children are in these camps, though, as well. Is that the, the parents case? of these children, what, the specific case that they are looking at is from a, a petition that was put in in 2019 by the relations of a woman who went down to Syria. Okay. She, with, with, uh, with her husband, they had six children. She has since re- returned with three of those children, oh. but there are three others still in Syria, presumably with the father. And there's specifically this um, child's rights committee is saying you're not doing enough to get those other three children back. You should be doing more. Yeah. Any indication why Finland mightn't be doing more other than perhaps mm. it's a headache they don't need? I, I think like an awful lot of countries like an awful lot of other countries, they've been reluctant to repatriate specifically the wives in this case. Mm. The, the, the French have been had a, had a good ticking off uh, on this as well from the same committee. Um, and the French have said, look, the Syrian or the wives that went to f- with their husbands to Syria, we consider them to be fighters as well. And yeah. as such, they represent a threat to French security. I think the, the Finnish are probably in the same boat. Yeah. Okay, uh, but they, they're not saying it out loud. No, they yeah. haven't made a statement about yeah. this at all, to be honest. No. Right, uh, Peru, we're going to go to uh, next, and uh, the uh, president there is in trouble again. He is. Um, the last time we spoke about President Pedro Castillo, who has only been in power for a year, uh, yeah. he was up on criminal investigations for plagiarism. Himself and his wife yes. plagiarised their PhD <laughs> when they were becoming teachers. Um, since then, he's added quite a few investigations onto that. There's five separate criminal investigations into him. Now, remember, he's only been in power for a year and he came into power on an anti-corruption ticket. Right. right. He's the fifth president in Peru since 2016. Okay. Okay, it's it's crazy Ouch, there yeah. at the moment. So what's happening in this case is a 
what's called a constitutional complaint has been levelled against him by the Attorney General. And what this means is it's sort of in between a prosecution and an impeachment because he's been through two impeachments already and they've failed. So the constitutional complaint means that he has a trial. A trial basically goes to Congress. And if Congress finds him guilty, they can suspend him. They can't kick him out, but they can suspend him. And the key thing about this is you don't need as many votes as you do for an impeachment. Two-thirds votes for an impeachment, 50% plus one for this this constitutional complaint. And it will get him... He'll be a lame duck president if it passes. That's if he doesn't get prosecuted for the other five criminal investigations in the meantime. And this particular constitutional complaint, what is it alleging? Yes. So the statement that came from the Attorney General was that they had found serious indications of criminal organisation that has taken roots within the government. Specifically, if you read between the lines and you look at the other criminal investigations, there seems to be an awful lot of funny business around government contracts in Mm. and around uh, Kajamarka, which is up in the Andes and is the region that he came from. A lot of his supporters seem to be doing very well in the construction industry since he's come to power. Okay, only in a year? Only in a year, yeah. And his his (laughs) sister-in-law... Sorry. His (laughs) sister-in-law is in pre-trial detention. His sister's house was raided the other day and at least 11 of his uh, followers... Uh, have had their houses um, raided as well, and one of them's on the run. A former minister is on the run. Okay, so, so potentially really corrupt and not that bright quite, either, really. <laughs> quite bad for him at the moment. Uh, no wonder he had to forge his, his doctorate. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so what will we look out for over the, over the next week or so? Okay, so Thursday is the 11th anniversary of uh, Colonel Gaddafi being killed, would you believe? So, mm. uh, and, and I'm not sure how things are going in Libya. I think there are peace talks, chaotic, but you know, yeah. it's pretty chaotic still. Sunday, there's President elections in Slovenia uh, always worth uh, keeping an eye out for to see you know how that whole left right thing is going on in mm. Europe and then on Monday President Macron of France is going to meet the Pope okay Jonathan thanks a million as thanks, ever Sean. Jonathan De Barca Butler there you are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2pm on News Talk